You are listening to the Lighter Side Show audio podcast with Jamie Butler, the everyday medium, produced by the Lighter Side Network. Visit and subscribe to thelightersidenetwork.com for hundreds of video episodes exploring wholeness living, energy work, trans channeling, and more. The Lighter Side Network, where the everyday meets the extraordinary. Hi, Lumineers. Welcome to The Lighter Side Show. I'm your host, Jamie Butler, the everyday medium. Thank you so much for being with us today. This is our podcast version, and in studio, I have the Sagrera. No last names, just like Cher. Hi, Sagrera. Hi, Jamie. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. And today, we're going to talk about the connection to all beings, especially the ones you don't think of. Oh, yeah. Those are the ones we're going to focus on, and it is going to be surprising, so stay tuned. Before we dive into that, I do have some housekeeping notes. We have Luma Summit coming up, guys. It is less than one month away. Uh, I just want to remind you that we do keep this event small. We take a lot of pride in keeping it small. Small means a tight community of maybe 30, 35 people. And we do this so that you can have that intimate setting and feel like you were the only person in the room. When I'm in a class, I don't know if Sagrira, if you're like this, but I like having that one-on-one moment. And even that time that I can raise my hand and ask a question and I don't feel like I'm taking away from everybody else's experience. Definitely. Right. And so when we have those smaller groups, we're kind of all in it together and we're all moving together and... I don't ever feel like I need to stay quiet in that kind of a setting. So I'm really pleased to be able to offer that. So Luma Summit is October 19th through the 21st. It is at the Center for Love and Light. It will be in our new event space, which I have been working on day and night, literally. (laughs) It looks great. Our tickets are on sale now at jamiebutlermedium.com. While you're there, if it's your first time on our website, please do subscribe to our newsletter. We send it out once a month. We don't believe in spamming, but we do believe in keeping you informed. We're all about good communication, and we lay out where our classes, workshops, travels, and events are happening, and we'd love for you to participate. Now let's dive in with Sagrera, animal communicator, animal intuitive. She is the one, guys, that I go to when I'm having, I don't know, like a lack of clarity with my animal's needs. And my God, each time I've been just blown away. Thank you, Jamie. And thanks for having me on today. You're welcome. <laughs> it feels all special today. We have new mics. We've got like a sleeker setup. <laughs> and it's so much fun having you here. So if Lumineers, you're already thinking about, wait, an animal intuitive that we can trust, go check out her website, sagrera.com. She's also on Facebook, Sagrera Animal Intuitive, and also follow her on Instagram, Sagrera. I wanted to say just Sagrera, but I didn't want them to type in just. (laughs) (laughs) I love everything that you're putting up. And today, when you came in, because you're going to be joining us for Luma Summit. I am. And I heard you're going to be talking about communication with animals and trees. Yes, I thought I would expand it a little bit. And um, because I I actually do communicate with plants and trees all the time, too. I don't talk about it as often, but definitely. I I remember when you were working at Oglenthorpe University, you were teaching a photography class and you gave out an assignment. Yes, I had this one assignment that was actually a semester long assignment where I would ask um, students to basically 
connect with a tree and then they would have to sort of select the one that they felt most kinship with and were most connected with. And then they would photograph it for the entire semester, and then they would have to keep daily journal entries where they would actually sort of, in a way, begin to communicate. It didn't have to be in words, but it could just be about how they felt when they were with the tree. And it was amazing just how connected they did begin to feel, even without it being formally a communication class. Um, I remember we would always do it in the spring. So they would start with the trees with no leaves, and then... I remember one student was away for spring break and then they came back and they were like, oh my gosh, I missed when the blooms started to happen. And they were just like that focused on their trees, really? which I loved. It made me so happy. And some of the, and reading their journals, like it was really special for me to, um, to see the difference from maybe the first couple of weeks, they would just be like, hi tree. you know. And that, I'm thinking in the back of my head, a college student, maybe not so much aligned with checking in yeah. with nature, you know trying to find out who they are in their life and mm-hmm. getting relationships under their belt and like exploring other things. And here yeah. you are like, here's your excitement. <laughs> You're going to pick a tree. Were any of them resistant? Like, oh my God, why did I sign up for this class? Oh, for It's sure. photography, lady, <laughs> not botany. <laughs> Sometimes there was a little resistance in the beginning. And then often those were the students that like at the very end had like named their tree. So <laughs> it's oh. really cool. God, I love hearing that. I loved that story when you told that to me. It's really sat with me. And I've started building relationships with the trees out in our field. Mm -hmm. And I heard from Colleen that during Luma Summit, part of your class is going out into the field. Yes, I'm so excited about that. We're going to do kind of just a mini version of the, the semester project where everyone is going to learn to connect with one particular tree. So I can't wait. And you not only talk to animals and trees... And hence the title, Connection to All Beings, especially the ones you don't think of. And Lumineers, take a second to think of what living being you often don't think of. And then I'm going to name a few. Okay, got them in your head? Go, go, go. Okay, what about spiders? Yeah? Yes. Rats? (laughs) For sure. Cockroaches? Yes. (laughs) Snakes? I love them. You might be the first person I've heard say, I love them. I do. I, I respect them. <laughs> Maybe you can help me today build a more compassionate relationship with them. I have such a trigger growing up in Florida. These things had wings. They were big. Yeah, the palmetto bugs. Oh, I thought you were talking about snakes. (laughs) Oh, gosh, I got stuck on cockroaches. No, that's okay. Wings. Let's let's talk about the cockroaches first. (laughs) (laughs) Snakes with wings. I love the cockroaches, too. (laughs) That's how traumatized I am. I totally skipped over snakes after you said yes with cockroaches. I actually just started a whole new thing with the cockroaches. I... um, I have, like, I feed the birds suet, Mm -hmm. and then I have, there's, like, leftover suet that gets stuck in the little containers, and I used to kind of dishwash them so I could recycle them, and now I've put them out as, like, cockroach food, like a little food feeding station outside, and it's actually really helped because feeding them is, like, stopping them from coming in the house to look for food. Really? And I, I, it was just an experiment. I wasn't sure if it would work, but it's been gorking. I think if you were to describe my face right now, it would be Jamie's <laughs> eyes are wide open and her jaw is on the floor. I know. I, I know. I don't tell a lot of people that I have a cockroach feeding station. <laughs> but I, I get it. But I, I'd like to be there. Like, 
our cat food mm-hmm. that we put outside. Mm-hmm. So it, it goes in tiers. The cats get them in the morning, and they have a little snack in the afternoon. And then what they haven't eaten in the evening, our local possum comes mm-hmm. and the babies. And sometimes we have the raccoons. And if they don't clear it out enough, then the cockroaches come and they feed off of that. And then the bowls are nice and clean when I pick them up in the morning. So I guess... It makes it easier to wash them, right? It does. It actually does. (laughs) Is that gross? (laughs) It really does. But I didn't think about it in the back of my head that I was offering them a place to eat so so you kind of have a cockroach feeding station too i don't know if <laughs> i will ever be brave enough to call it that sagrira <laughs> you may have to give me a moment or two <laughs> i'm gonna end up with like a cockroaching feeding station and a snake feeding station <laughs> i mean I, I get it i mean i don't really love having them in the house either you know it's it's, it's it, i'm happier when they're outside even though even if i do love them and you know feel like I could communicate with them um but I it's been that definitely been an evolution for me like I remember a point in time I don't know when I was like in college and it was like so dramatic when they you know if I saw one in the room and it was like almost a little scary and now I can just look at them and just be like hey what's up you know and it's sort of like I don't actually you know again I don't want to have like you know, a whole colony of them living inside the house because it's not really, you know, pleasant for anybody. Okay, so you're setting a boundary Mm -hmm. with it. It's not that you're gone too far in the other direction and you're just inviting them in and everything is fine. And yeah, I can imagine why. (laughs) It's more like if one is, if I see one, um, I do one of two things. I either, you know, I have a little container and a little like piece of cardboard and I sort of invite them to go outside. So I like will take them out that way, like very gently. Or, you know, sometimes if I'm just like really tired and, you know, I just happen to see one in a place that's like nowhere near the bedroom, nowhere near, you know, somewhere where it would create a, a problem, I would, I'm just kind of like, hey. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. <laughs> All right, I want to. I want to backpedal. And my just house a is not. Just to clarify, it's this is just once in a while. This isn't like we have a lot of them. <laughs> oh my god! That thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> it, they, when we do have ki- um, cat children that also do hunt them, so I'm basically saving them by taking them out. If I do that, that's the first thing I say. Mm-hmm. I look at them. I go, buddy, do you know where you are? <laughs> We've got cats in here. Yeah. I was like, you're going to end up as cat food. And we actually have some um, all-natural poison things. They're all natural, you know, like, but they're not good for the cockroaches. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, she's giving me a look. Maybe we can talk about that, too. Because I do have the house sprayed Mm -hmm. on the inside, Mm -hmm. and it is all natural. So kids, you know, cats, we can lick it, put the fingers in the mouth, but for some of the indoor insects. Does it kill them, or does it just, like, repel them? It's supposed to repel them first and foremost. Okay. But if they eat too much of it, it does not go well. Okay. Oh. (laughs) Is Jamie a murderer? Is that the real name of this podcast? (laughs) No, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not, I can't be judgmental about it because my daughter eats them. So she technically murders them. So, <laughs> but she, at least she's digesting them. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes she's just kind of like a like it's like a, a fun hunting game. All right, for Lumineers, for those of you who jumped into daughter means human with two legs, 
it can actually mean baby, furry, four legs. And there's Fifi's mom. Yes. Or um, scales, four legs. Right. So I wanted to back up and first have you describe what does it mean to communicate to animals or to beings? What's your definition? What does it mean? Um, I think we communicate on a lot of different levels. Um, All of us do all the time. Um, You know, especially with our companions, we, we, most, most of us communicate heart to heart, even if we're not communicating in actual words or images. Um, I believe there is communication going on with some of the animals, like the wildlife and the insects also, but often we block it because there's sort of a, a sense of fear that we have around them. And I think, I think there might be something to it that's connected with this fear of wildness in a way. Like it's not just a direct fear of the actual little creature, but it's sort of about allowing something that's a little bit wild and not, you know, part of our civilized quote unquote world, you know, kind of encroaching upon our little, um, very, you know, environments that we try to control. I really think you're onto something. Yeah. So, um, so I think that the, the potential for communication is, is there just as much with wildlife, but we sort of have, many of us have a little bit of a block around it, especially when it's not a butterfly or a bird. Right. <laughs> so everyone wants to communicate with the birds and, you know, have them have a butterfly land on their, on their shoulder. And that's like magical. But, you know, if a I don't know. Possum. If, if a possum, you know, is kind of hanging out in your backyard, some people, you know, find their smiles a little bit frightening. I think they're so cute. I think they're so beautiful. <laughs> like I, I love their little hands. Oh my gosh. They're so cute. <laughs> they look like they could palm like baby basketballs. Yeah. We 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 there I, I could totally see them doing that. That's adorable. Do you know there's a a woman who rescues possums? ones that you can't rehab and put back into wildlife, like they wouldn't do well. So she keeps them as companions, and she has these teaching lessons. But she does it in this way of, like, how we would imagine a um, super obsessive possum mama. And she combs them, and she shows you their teeth, their ears, and how to clean them and scrub their nails. It is hysterical. And she knows she's this way, so she... Makes it larger. Does she post she oh, po- videos? See, I I kind of love that actually. I was following. Um, I think it's it's me Sesame on Instagram, and and there's some baby possums on there, and I actually really like seeing them like that because it's sort of helping to change their image. Like it's totally. helping people to think of them more as like you know baby cats instead of something that's frightening. I agree. I got on and I showed mm-hmm. my kids because they the possums would come up and mm-hmm. eat the cat food, and it's behind a glass. Yeah. So, Imagine yourself just eyeballs to a glass, yeah. and then there's the possum right on the other side, because that is what we do. It is our nighttime entertainment, Aww, and perfect. the kids used to freak out about it, and yeah. we found this lady. Guys, I'll, I'll find out what her, I her see show them. is, and um, it after they watched it, they were like, oh my God, here are the possums again, and they would squeal when the baby <gasps> showed up. They're like, get your camera, get your camera. Oh my gosh. So we have built yeah. like a little love thing like that. I love that. I love that you're teaching them that. You mentioned Mm -hmm. heart-to-heart communication. Yes. So with the baby possum, with the possum, sorry, with the possums, um, we actually had two, a bomb and a baby that were kind of, I think they just got stuck in our bin that we keep our like yard waste in. Like it's basically like pine straw and things like that. 
And I was walking outside and I looked in and I was so surprised they were just curled up in there. And I was kind of like, are you stuck? And when you talk about heart to heart communication, like this is one of those where I wasn't like, it wasn't like a formal session that I'm doing for a client where I'm asking them questions. All, all I felt was just my heart was just so expanded and it was so overflowing with love that I can't even describe it. Like I was almost in tears just looking at them and I just felt so protective over them. So I think that's what I mean with heart to heart where it's like, it's, it's all feeling based. It's not necessarily like in words or, or formal in any way. And all I wanted was to like keep them safe and um, you know, just to finish that story. I, go ahead. No, no, oh. I, I didn't mean, I got excited. Can you teach people this? That part, I, I feel like that just happens, but I can teach people to be more open to it. Because I know uh, coming up soon, mm-hmm. you have a free Sunday school mm-hmm. over at the Modern Mystic here in Atlanta, Georgia, at the Pont City Market. Mm-hmm. That's on October 28th. Yes, yes. I'm looking forward to that. And you're going to do the communication with animals. Yes. So is there going to be some tidbits on how to open up your heart? To be- oh, for sure. And I think, I believe I, I can... I can teach people to sort of um, get in that space where they can be receptive to it. And with companions, I think it tends to be a little bit easier because our hearts are already communicating with them. Right, because we're already care providing for them. So whereas with the, you know, possums, it might be a little bit more like someone has to overcome their block first. And or then, the cockroaches. Mm, That's exactly. what I was going to say. Can you or the rats. help me overcome the, you know, oddly enough, I'm not like that with rats. Really? But I am with a cockroach. Okay. <laughs> and large spiders. Okay. Seguera. Oh I've, my gosh. I've done my best that when I see them, mm-hmm. I stop. And I say, Jamie, they're not going to pull out a knife or a gun. They're not going to come for you. What do you call They're not going to jump on your face. Large is anything like um, bigger than my thumbnail. <laughs> okay. I'm just wondering, are you but, seeing like tarantulas but, or... Like, you know, the ones with the big legs and their hair. Like the wolf spiders? Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, I can, I mean, sometimes it helps um, when I tell stories about spiders that I've encountered, that can help. Um, a lot of it, I think, can also be desensitization, like to the fear reflex, because fear, um, we can't really help when we have a trigger. But all we can help is sort of how we react to it. Yes. Because all of us, I mean, I used to have sort of, you know, like when something lands on you, it's natural as a human to sort of like freak out a little bit. And I've had, I've been at a, like an outdoor restaurant and had a cockroach sort of like land on my arm. (sighs) And it's interesting because you can kind of see how everyone reacts. And I I remember kind of training myself to not move my arm quickly because I didn't want to hurt it. So it was sort of, that, that is sort of a thing that I like trained myself to do. It wasn't just overnight where I automatically don't think it's like, you know, strange when something lands on me. Do I remember the moment where I taught myself that is mm-hmm. something landed on me and I smacked it mm-hmm. because that's the thing. Mosquitoes, bugs, mm-hmm. anything's going to bite me. And it was a ladybug. Oh. And I felt terrible. I felt really, really bad. And I sat down and from there on out, when something lands on me, I look first mm-hmm. before I react and yeah. if I can't look I move my arm but I don't hit until right. I can make 
a visual contact with what it is. And I now even give mosquitoes a three-chance rule. Yeah. If they land on me, I blow them off, I shoo them off, I tell them, go tell your friends and family, don't come back here because the hand will come. Yeah. <laughs> the hand no, of I, doom. I get it. <laughs> I know. I got to keep my boundaries here. I'm taking care of this being. Yeah. And if you keep encroaching and you don't understand what light I'm shining off to get you to stay away, then... Yeah. Um, I do something similar with mosquitoes. They're like, I, I'm not a saint. So I do, you know, if once they've drank my blood, I'm kind of like, okay, that's, you know, sometimes there are some boundaries that I have to draw with that as well. Like I do try to not kill them, but if it gets to the point where they're actively like drinking my blood or something, yeah, the blood of my family. (laughs) I like that you Mm -hmm. set your boundaries down in that way, because I have talked to some animal Mm -hmm. communicators where they're putting everything kind of above themselves, which to me goes against the whole Mm -hmm. spiritual self first, Mm -hmm. not selfish lumineers, but self first. Mm -hmm. And if I'm putting all the cockroaches in the world and um, other creatures above me and I'm sacrificing the way that I want to live my Mm -hmm. life, then where's the balance? Yeah, it's 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 so tricky and it's so gray. Like there's no black and white kind of you know easy answers that. because and and I you know at, at this point I don't think I could kill a cockroach. Like I really I don't I don't uh-uh, think I'm can't. capable of it at this point. You know like, but um but yeah it's interesting and I have had a communic a, a, a conversation with a mosquito before. Um, and that freaked me Do you out. Tell, I want to hear about it, this. It wasn't really le- like lengthy. It was basically just this one mosquito was sort of trapped, in, or it was in my bathroom. I don't know if it was trapped, and um, and I think I, I heard the little sound, and part of me wanted to sort of kill it because I was like, oh, it's going to go in the bedroom, and like when my husband is very sensitive to mosquitoes, like they will bite him. His blood is really, really sweet apparently, and they <laughs> just always go for him. So I was like, I need to get it, and I actually heard a little voice, and it was sort of like, I want to live. And that really gave me pause. Whoa. So how do you, I mean, obviously I didn't, you know, kill it. And I, I sort of was just kind of like, okay, you know, have a good night in my bathroom. I will, you know, tomorrow we'll figure out a way to get you out. But I, so that really, really gave me pause. Like I, that's, you know, I, I think that's the only time I can think of that I've really distinctly communicated with a mosquito. Have you communicated to other insects? Um, yes, I'm trying to think of specific a lot of this is what the thing with wildlife is that a lot of it really is sort of just more like feelings and heart based. It's not that we can't do like a sit down where I ask them questions and they answer me. It's more that they tend to be more fleeting me- meetings. Where it's almost like mm-hmm. claircognizant. It's mm-hmm. just this knowing and this clear sentience where it's a feeling yes yeah that's a perfect way of describing it whereas I think sometimes when I'm communicating with like dogs and cats I'm trying to get the information to give it to somebody else so I have to put it in like the words that humans expect in a way so they sort of give me that energy that becomes the words or the images whereas um mosquito is not trying to give me a message for someone else it was really just telling me it wanted to live you have to be a really good translator to be able to take those feelings and images and translate them to the people. They, you know, the animals make it really easy. They, a lot of times they do just give me sense of full, I mean, they just tell me what, I just write it all down and they just tell me. Um, the thing that I wish I could convey to people is when they send me the waves of love, like for their people, like that's the part that I really wish there was a way that I could almost like, I don't know, somehow transfer that (laughs) because sometimes I'm in tears because it's so overwhelming. Like it's humbling to feel that level of love come through me. 
So when you're mm. speaking to clients, because mm-hmm. Sugrir, you do one hour session or not even hour yeah. sessions, but you do sessions mm-hmm. with people. Mm-hmm. They can get your services. What, what kind of services do you provide? Why, why do people come to you? Um, I do just animal communication with animals that are alive or in spirit. Um, so sometimes with living animals, it's just people wanting to get to know their animals better. Oh, yeah. um, one of the greatest compliments um, that I get is when people say that they actually do understand them better after they've had a session. Like that they ma- it makes more sense. Their behaviors make more sense and their, their personality, you know, sort of clicks in place for them. And, um, and then sometimes if they have crossed over, it, it can be comforting to talk to them and see, you know, just ask them questions or, and I really, I love to go deep. I love to like really talk about like soul purposes or I don't know if purpose is the right word, but like their soul connections with their, with their parents and like the spiritual lessons that they wanted to teach them or that they are teaching or the guiding that they're doing from the other side. Like, I feel like to me, that's like more special than what color was your bowl kind of thing. You know, like that's what really just, it's, it's so meaningful. Oh, I so agree. And Lumineers, I've had both of those experiences with Sigrira. Um, one with my cat who crossed over that I got absolute confirmation from Sigrira. Like there's no denying. And another time where I had a kitty who we rescued and was declawed, but didn't want to be indoors. And, um, was peeing and pooping and doing all kinds of destructive things. And uh, she was the cutest little cat, and we just couldn't figure it out. We did everything. I bought this cat anything, just fix. And there was nothing, and Sugrera was like, she wants to be outdoors. And helped me train the cat to live on our multi-deck, and she doesn't wander, you know, because she doesn't have claws to defend herself. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't sleep at night thinking something was wrong with her, and We have the best relationship. She has the life. She's always wanted to live. She's the happiest little thing. That makes me so happy to hear. It's just crazy, though, to think that that level of a depth, communication, needs, meeting, not just the the life needs, the food, the water, the shelter, the Mm -hmm. cleanliness, that kind of a thing, but meeting the needs of their joy of life. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, my God, it just, woo dropped and changed me in that moment thank you that's really happy to hear so i wanted to go back to some of these things so okay what was spiders we were on were we talking about spiders i'm trying to remember which insect yes we were talking about about, um Mm -hmm. you helped me understand to kind of manage my fear okay my first trigger fear when i come up with spiders so, oh, and cockroaches. Okay, so with cockroaches, the thing that I think made it, one of the first things that made a difference for me was being able to really see one, like look at one up close. Oh, God. Because <laughs> when, you, when you think of them as like a horde of like... I'm so sorry. In- <laughs> I can't even Jamie's imagine face. I wish you guys close. could see Jamie's face. <laughs> oh, they're on me right she's now. Like, she's she's like me. shuddering. <laughs> All right, should uh, we talk about spiders instead? No, let's keep going. <laughs> I want to address this. Okay, so when you okay, so one this is kind of sad actually, but there's one time I 
found one that had drowned like in the bird bath and I I sort of picked it up and I was gonna like you know kind of return it to the earth and so it wouldn't be like in the bird bath but I, I actually looked at it like really closely and it was when it was floating like that I was able to just really observe like all the little like features and it was almost like like laying there like a little angel like just the the posture of it was just so peaceful and I don't know. There was something about that that shifted in me when I when I was able to really look up close and see their little faces. And then I read a book about them, about how they groom. They groom like cats. They do. And they groom their little antenna. And they're actually very clean. Like one of the misconceptions is that they're very dirty and, you know, that they're going to like bring disease. But they actually are, are quite clean and like to groom a lot. So sometimes knowing little facts like that can help a little bit with shifting perspectives. Can I tell you the day where it turned south for me in a cockroach experience? Sure. Third grade. Oh. Lunchbox, thermos, full of water. Oh, no. Chugged that thermos <gasps> back so hard. God, I was so thirsty in the cafeteria, mm-hmm. right? Everybody is eating in the cafeteria, kindergarten through sixth grade. <gasps> and um, I felt something moving in my mouth. Oh, no. Back on my tongue, around my cheek, and to my lips. And so I spewed over everybody's food and everything. And you know what came running out? (laughs) The biggest cockroach ever. It was in my thermos, and I drank it, and it was in my mouth. And now I just... I but so you basically have like a PTSD type trigger around them. Oh my God, yes. So it's not just like the way they look or anything. You actually had an experience that you know, that traumatized you, which I can understand. I would be traumatized by that too. So you think if I worked with the P, didn't even <laughs> think about it. <laughs> I'm floating through memory zone. Like, yeah, it's a trigger for you. So, so yeah, you had an actual experience. I think that there's a, there's people who are just kind of innately are put off. And then there's people who actually have had an experience, like they were bitten <laughs> by someone or something like like think about you know there's people that are terrified of dogs because they've been they've been bitten when they were little so it's something like that. Holy it's, cow! I've never compared it like that. Before. And sometimes you see you know like I'll meet someone who's terrified of dogs and it's of course for us it's hard to understand because we love them and we see them as yeah. like you know sweetness and light and love. But so you had that type of an experience with a cockroach instead of with a dog. So it's a similar type of thing. God, I have never put that together. That is really brilliant. How weird that, you know, with all the work that I do in my yeah. world, why wouldn't I have, like... I don't think we think of them the same way. I don't think we're anywhere near near there with the species hierarchy yet. God, that is so cool. <laughs> so I will work on that trauma incident, and uh, yeah. I'll report back to you and kind of let you know how I my relationship with cockroaches go. And I think the other thing is there has to be a desire to to sort of overcome a trigger like like it has to be something that you want like do you actually want to that's true have though, a right because better relationship with them right what would that give me to mm-hmm. have a better relationship with mm-hmm. them and what do they bring to the world like if we think about them in the more sort of spiritual sense you know what what about a cockroach as a totem animal like they have these little antenna that sort of like you know, represent connecting the higher realms to and grounding it. Oh my God, you have totally broken me down on the cockroach. <laughs> I'm like literally rooted in my chair. I'm not even squealing anymore when I'm thinking about them in my head. Oh my gosh, yay. How messed up is that? You're magical. <laughs> oh, so are you. No kidding, magical. <laughs> yeah, you're right. They Yes, I, I can see now the, the qualities they bring 
to but, us on earth and to our life. I'm okay. Because they're, they're doing open. things on earth that are not necessarily connected to humans. Like they have their own role. Like their species is here for a reason, just as all the other species are. And they're, you know, whatever Dang. they're doing, anchoring the light, whatever they're doing. This is why I admire you so much. Oh. The way that your lenses see the world is so different than mine. And I just, I get a boost every Thank time. Thank you. I, but I think you have an amazing lens as well. You're so compassionate. <laughs> you know, it's more like, you know, to the energy and to mm -hmm. the spirit and to ghosts and people and things mm -hmm. like that. I, that's my playing field. When I get into the mm -hmm. smaller crevices of mm -hmm. life beings, like the cockroach where I had yeah. the trauma, not so much. But I think I am extra tuned in to like the animal nature realm for sure. I, <laughs> I, I think I'm just I, just, I don't know, I think I've been wired that way to always think of them first. Um, hello, which is why you are the animal <laughs> intuitive and why you'll be at Luma Summit. Oh, I'm so I can't excited. Wait for that. Yay. So if you're talking to Lumineers right now, yes, which you are. What kind of advice or insight could you give them about engaging and connecting to all beings, especially the ones you don't think of naturally, in a loving and compassionate way? I feel I feel like at the at the very least, um, just take a moment and consider the what you're feeling. Consider the reaction that you're having. To this particular being, whether it's a you know a cockroach or a rat or a snake or, or a spider or any of the ones that we typically a, a possum, the ones we don't normally think of as cuddly, and um, think about them as an actual individual being. Um, think about whether you why you're resisting a connection to them. Is there something that they might be able to teach you? Um, or is there something on a spiritual level they can teach? Is there something on a physical level that they can teach? Um, how do they go about their world? How do they engage with their surroundings? And how can that be a lesson? Um, for example, possums eating, eat ticks um, from the environment. And so they actually are protecting us in a lot of ways. Um, so at the very least, um, consider that they want to live just as much as we do and grant them the right to continue their life. And then, you know, it's your choice whether you want to interact with them or, or, or actually form a deeper connection, of course. But my um, request and um, ask, my big ask, is to please at least give them the right to live. I love that. I will be doing that. I can tell you for Thank certain you. after my just enlightenment aha moment that we had in this conversation, which I so appreciate. Thank, Thank you. you so much for being in studio, Sagrera. I would love for you to come back and be a regular. Maybe we can break down some of these other life beings we don't even think about and talk about the trees, which you're I going to do at Luma that. Summit. Yes. <laughs> Give your kids a big kiss for me and a nice little cuddle. Thank you, and you do the same. I will. Thank you, Lumineers, for being here, for listening and lending your ears. Be well. Have a great rest of your day. And remember, it's not woo-woo. It's true-true. Bye, Lumies. Bye. And Lumi pets and Lumi dudes and Lumi cats and Lumi dogs. Lumi snakes. Lumi spiders. Oh, <laughs> Lumi cockroaches. <laughs>
with King Me.